Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. It's good to be back with you, Kurt Mortensen here, Podcast 485, Maximize Your Influence, as we take that deep dive about the skills, habits, talents you need to take your life, your income, your relationships, fill in the blank to the next level. Hope everyone's having an incredible week, making things happen, achieving your goals, becoming more persuasive. Let's get you more tools. Let's dive into it. Let's talk about the art and science of persuasion, influence, and negotiation. So let's just jump right into it. Dive into the pool. The water's feeling fine. Let's just go to the blunder. Don't, don't, don't. I'm going to take the blunder. (laughs) So early on in my career, my job was to sell seminars for Brian Tracy, Jim Rohn, Dennis Whaley, and a few others. Those are big time motivational educators. Straight commission. If I didn't sell, I didn't eat five presentations a day to promote and sell their seminars. Hey, it was a great way to learn how to speak, how to deal with hecklers, how to deal with rude people. It was great training. We'd pick a town and do all types of companies. The key rule is the manager had to be there. You're coming in to do this free training to teach some great stuff. But if the sales manager, the customer service manager, fill in the blank, was not there, the people didn't take it seriously and you sold nothing. And they also didn't get as much out of it. So that was always the rule. You always verified, are you going to be there? We're not coming unless you're there because they're not going to take it seriously. Well, fast forward to this last week. I had a couple back-to-back-to-back seminars. And these weren't even freebies. These were paid. And I didn't double check. And these were people trained to be better negotiators. And the manager did show up for an hour, but then had a fire. And we did not see him since. It's like, for example, if your boss, your manager, or your spouse sent you to listening training, you're like, wait a minute. So it's key. If you're influencing up, if you're having a meeting, if you're doing a negotiation, you have to make sure the managers, the decision makers are in the room or you just be wasting your time. Like when you give an hour persuasive presentation, they're like, oh, let me take it to the committee and they explain your hour in two minutes. No one can persuade like you. Same thing. So if you want people to take you seriously... As a manager, you show them that you care, that you're not better than them, that you're part of the team, that you still need to learn, that you don't come across as arrogant because you're so smart, you don't need the training, but they do. You need the training. That can definitely be a challenge. And we've all made that mistake. So in your meetings, it doesn't matter if it's a negotiation, if you're the manager, be a part of it, be part of the team, show them that you care. Plus there's that arrogant factor where, yeah, I don't need to learn. I already know this. A, which is not true. You don't know everything. And B, it's always good to have a refresher. Get back to the fundamentals. So I'll take it. I'll own it. I did it again. You want your team to take you seriously? Be there. If you want the negotiation to go well, make sure the people that need to be there are there. So pretty simple. There you have it. That's the persuasion blunder of the week. With that, let's dive into the geeky scarly article. Why is it that sometimes we, or others, pointing fingers, believe their own lies? They can lie to themselves and believe it? This is from the journal Brain Cognition, Brandeis University, I believe that's around the Boston area in the United States, Laura Page. 
and Science Direct. The study found that we believe the lies we tell are true in as little as 45 minutes. So they did the EEG on the brain and looked at brain activity of younger and older adults while they gave truthful and false answers to questionnaires. For some reason, the older adults that were over 60 were more likely than the 18 to 24-year-olds accept that lie as truth that they had told an hour earlier. And they also had people over 90, and they were saying when people get older, adults, it's harder for them to distinguish between what's real and not real. They say the findings suggest that telling a lie could do something to an older person's memory, maybe even scramble it so they have a harder time recalling what really happened. And when that's the case, they tend to believe that lie more. So they had these random participants and given a questionnaire, half were told to tell the truth, half were told to lie. Fast forward 45 minutes later, they told them to answer the questions truthfully. And they were just to look, did the lie stick? Did it happen? And we found that when the participants lied on the question the first time, that the older group were more inclined to believe the lie. And this is true, even with, we've talked about psychopaths, that a lie can embed itself in your brain, in your memory, and it starts to feel true. That's why people can pass lie detector tests. In fact, let me insert this audio I found on Seinfeld. This is George, a chronic liar, trying to teach Jerry, and also star of the show, how to lie. And this is what he says. Jerry, just remember... It's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm not encouraging that, endorsing that. In fact, this last week I taught detecting deception. I said, look, look, it's not for you to use. It's for you to detect it and use it that way, not for you to become a better liar. So bottom line, lying can alter memory. It creates a new memory for something that didn't even happen. And let me reiterate again, the human brain is not a hard drive. If you're at a family gathering, what you recall what happened at that moment, what they recall, usually two different things. Three people see an accident, you're probably going to get four different versions. They all saw the same accident. That's just how they're programmed. group of doctors went to a seminar. Two weeks later, asked what they learned. Half the stuff they thought they learned wasn't even talked about. So that's part of it to help us understand more about the human brain. One of the concepts I taught last week, we were doing some power negotiations. The idea is that dumb is smart. Now, it seems counterintuitive. We always want the expert. But when you come across as too smart, too sophisticated, your communication's too complicated, too wordy, too many acronyms, too many words I don't get, a confused brain says no. And the challenge with that, especially in sales and persuasion, the, the person doesn't say, and I think this comes from our schooling days, I don't get it, I don't understand, I'm too dumb. <laughs> we don't say that, but that's how you feel. You don't want to be put in a spot. We've had teachers that just, the way they answered our questions, we just felt dumber than a stump, and that's not what we're looking for. So there's a couple of pieces to this that you could actually use this to accelerate your sales, your persuasion, your influence, and also find ways to simplify your communication. Persuasion, simple, is always more persuasive. Even in an ad in a newspaper for a car repair, changing the word repair your car to fix your car had a bump, a simpler word. Now, the only times complex words seem to work, the studies that I've seen, is at a jury trial when you're an expert witness. 
So we're going to simplify our words. We're going to simplify our communication. We're going to simplify our demeanor so we don't come across as arrogant. Hey, I'm a really good salesperson. I'm going to close you. You're going to buy today. I'm the best negotiator in the room. When you come across as too sophisticated, too smart, maybe even too professional, maybe I'm a little bit too much better than you, it can really backfire on you. Now, we want confidence. That increases trust. But when we say these things, do some of these things, it crosses a line to arrogance, which has the opposite effect. I think it comes back to the doorknob clothes or the Columbo clothes. I never really saw Columbo as an early detective police show. And this guy came across like he was not too smart. Really? Oh, wow, you're innocent? Okay. You get up. Well, hey, thanks for your time. You're obviously innocent. <laughs> I'm putting words in his mouth. He'd stand up, reach for the doorknob, and turn around and say, by the way, what about this? And put him on the spot and answer the question. Uh, they didn't know how to answer it. Of course, they were guilty. And that's what the doorknob closes, where you're like, hey, I really appreciate your time. Obviously, I didn't explain it good enough. Hey, but th thanks for your time. You reach for the doorknob. Hey, one thing. Can you tell me why you didn't purchase today? What's really going on? And they've given you the answer, the objection for you to solve. So let's talk about it. Don't come across as too sophisticated. Don't say you're the best salesperson ever. And use clear and simple language. When you're using industry jargon, technical terms, acronyms, again, they're not going to say, I don't get it, I don't understand. They might pull their phone out and try to figure it out. But you really have to understand simple is the best. Clear, simple, precise. They get it. They understand. And if you see a little confusion in their face, back up and take ownership yourself. You know, sometimes I don't explain this as clearly as I should. Let me back up and go through this. Do you understand this? And put it on yourself. The next thing to understand with Dumb is Smart and to resonate with everybody, to connect with everybody, and to build trust, we talk about it many times on the podcast. Go to the archives at MaximizeYourInfluence.com and look up stories. We're talking about stories. They persuade without detection. They trigger likability, they simplify complex ideas, they trigger emotions, which we know are more persuasive than logic. It is key. Hope you got that. Stories simplify everything, they're more memorable, and it's how persuasion and sales should be done. And let me add one to that, is when I was doing research for Laws of Charisma, that charismatic, influential people use more analogies, metaphors, similes, examples than the average person. It simplifies the idea, and it puts them to something very familiar to help them grasp. So that's the key. When you're talking tech or blockchain or computers and someone doesn't get it, you have to simplify it and, and compare it to something that's already in their brain. I know when Apple first came out, all right, this is a computer, but they said, this is your desktop, this is your trash can, this is your file cabinet. You're like, oh. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> that makes it easier for you to persuade the influence. Remember, a confused mind says no. And when you're too sophisticated, too smart for them, too arrogant, that brain also says no trust and a big no. Another one to go down this road to simplify, simplify, simplify is to use visual aids or demonstrations. Now, we're a visual world. Well, YouTube's what, the number two search engine now? To where you don't want to just read it, you want to see it. The visuals on our phone, the visuals around us, they simplify ideas also. A good graph, a good chart, a good visual aid. Not just text on a slide for my PowerPoint people, 
Just know that text on a slide is not a visual aid. It's text on a slide that triggers different parts of a brain. A visual aid triggers a completely different part of the brain. So get them involved. Show them how your product service works. You could do a demonstration instead of just explaining it. Always take a Zoom online call over a, a phone call. Visual tends to pull much better. So again, graphs, charts, there's infographics. You have to use statistics, facts, and figures. I recommend it. Those are good. You need those. We have to balance logic and emotion. You try to turn your, your statistic, your fact, your figure into a story. If 10,000 more people were affected, great. Well, not great that they were affected, but great. You use that statistic, but then you take one of them and tell the story so the emotion hits. They get it. They understand it. It's an issue. Time to move. Time to be persuaded. Time to say yes to your product or service. Another one that simplifies and I'll just say eases tension, which makes everything in the brain easier to understand is borrowing credibility. Show more customer testimonials, success stories, introduce them to satisfied customers, make sure they're relatable, credible, believable. And that is a key that does simplify the persuasion process because you have something to gain. You're persuading, you're negotiating, you're selling something. Borrow credibility, testimonials, endorsements, recommendations, success stories, introductions to satisfied customers. Again, not only increases trust, it makes you more relatable, it simplifies the process in their mind. Now, careful on this one. This is one where you probably need to pivot. One thing that simplifies a message, and this depends on personality, let's just say 50% of the people out there that you're talking to are detail people. What are the steps? What are the steps? The other 50%, I'm rounding these numbers, are big picture vision people. What that means is this, when you can tell that they're big picture visionaries to going towards the future, moving towards something, and the step-by-step -step things are kind of making their eyes roll back in their head, they don't get it, it's too complex, I don't understand, I'm too dumb to get this, then the other ones are, hey, okay, whatever vision, don't care, how are we going to get there? What are the details? What are the 10 steps? And so this is your pivot point where if you can tell they're big picture vision people, go there. Here's the big picture and just give them the first step. If you can tell they're not liking the big picture vision, they want to know how we're going to get there, you can give them the 10 steps. Because to a vision person, they just need one step to simplify it and see the big picture. To a detailed person, they want the 10 steps and a small piece of the vision simplifies the persuasion and sales process. Next one is minimize your choices. Too many choices can overwhelm customers. I mean, how many perfumes can you smell without knowing what you smelled? Grocery store. Here's 16 jams. Try them out. Hey, the one you like the best will give you a 50% off coupon. Hurts sales. But when you reduce the choices, it increases sales. This is that guy I was coaching. Here are the 77 mutual funds that fit your needs. Uh, two. Maybe three, but I'd keep it round to that point. Otherwise, the human brain can't handle it. Feels dumb, feels confused, and shuts down. A few more. Your EQ. Learn to show empathy. Learn to read their emotions. Learn to adapt to their emotions. Show them that you care, that you get their needs and concerns, that you're not one size fits all, because that backs the person in the corner where they think that you're trying to tell them what they need. You don't get their problems, that... Your product and service fixes everything and everyone's the same. So let's say this. Probably isn't, but let's say this. They need to feel that they've been heard, that you understand their needs and concerns, 
that you listened, you asked questions, and they were able to respond. So be more aware of their emotions, reading their emotions, why they say in that. Crank up your listening. By doing that, you're listening with your ears, eyes, and heart. No fubbing, meaning if your cell phone buzzes, your email dings, you're not looking down, you're giving them your eye contact. So higher EQ, better listening, better eye contact. It reduces the resistance and simplifies the message because they feel you get them, you understand them. And with that, you must have the best solution. Another one, and this is more for engagement and intention spans, but that also simplifies your message. You don't have to repeat as much and they're more engaged and they're become better listeners is edutainment. That's a function of entertainment and education. So what can you do to get the customers more engaged, more involved? Can they see, taste, touch, use your product or service? Can you crank up your interactivity on the online meetings? Can you be more charismatic, more engaging, more fun, more lively? Hey, no such thing as a boring presentation, only a boring presenter. So if you could crank that up, keep them engaged, they're listening, more things make sense. Again, that simplifies the presentation. And the final one here, stop vomiting. Quit data dumping all the features and focus more on the benefits. Let's talk about the vomiting. That's a big complaint. Here are the 27 reasons. Here are the 14 reasons. Not only does that shut your brain down, make you feel dumb, it gives them more objections, things they haven't thought about. And again, a confused and overwhelmed brain says no. Find their hot buttons of two or three things that they're interested in how it's going to make their life easier and focus on a few of the features and make sure you explain the benefits. Never assume they understand the emotional benefit of the feature. If you don't know how to do that, you just say, which means. And you do that in your brain before. Okay, what does that mean? What does that mean? What is really the reason? We don't fly on airplanes because of the features. No leg room, bad food, long lines, rude people. <laughs> hey, you know what kind of flight I had this week? What does all that mean? Why am I standing in line? Which means, which means, which means, oh, get to the destination, do business, make money, stand between my toes, see my family, go on vacation. That's why we fly. We don't focus on the features. Just like a health club. 500,000 square feet, best equipment, open 24 hours a day, best trainers in the city. Okay, which means, well, it's more convenient, which means I'll work out more, which means I'll have better advice from the trainer, which means, which means, which means... I'll have a beach body, I'll be skinny, I'll be on more dates, I'll be healthier, I'll live longer. We got to get right to the core. And if you're not sure what that is, peel the onion back with the which means method. So there's another one for the books. If you want all the links to things I talked about in the articles today, go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com. We're continuing our special of Millionaire Psychology, 90% discount. You want to become a millionaire, you want to become successful? You want to start learning how to persuade yourself? You start thinking, acting, and doing what other millionaires do. I've categorized it. Quick, simple program. Six audios. And an application guide to help you out. MaximizeYourInfluence.com is a place to contact us and take your free Persuasion IQ assessment to see where you rank. So please tell your family, friends, and enemies about the podcast. You can go to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube, iHeart, under Maximize Your Influence. Make sure you give us some feedback. Send me an email about your thoughts about today and what you want to hear on future podcasts. Again, thanks for being here. Appreciate your love and support. 
Remember from today, dumb is smart, slow it down, simplify it. Don't come across as too sophisticated. Don't cross that line to arrogance and go out and persuade with power.